it's not just usually, but always. Every corrupt totalitarian government always, always uh, does the, its utmost to disarm the people. There is no other reason for gun control mm -hmm. other than that government has plans to do bad things to the people that they're not going to like, and they don't want those people, the citizens, to have the ability to resist, effective ability to resist. And that goes back even before firearms were even mm -hmm. invented, even to medieval England, for example. The peasants weren't permitted to own long bows or crossbows, the best, the best self-defense uh, uh, the personal self-defense pieces that were available at that yeah. time. Only the, the, uh, the corrupt king at the time and all his people could have them, not mm -hmm. the commoners. A small fringe minority holding unacceptable uh, views. John Manley with the Perth Wellington Association of the People's Party of Canada and episode number two of the Purple Microphone with Wayne Baker. Wayne and I will continue where we left off last week as part two of our interview with Dennis Dill discussing the tyrannical reasons why governments ban, confiscate and restrict guns, something that history has proven over and over again. Wayne and I continue where we left off last week with part two of our interview with Dennis Dill discussing the tyrannical reason governments ban, confiscate, and restrict gun ownership. As you'll hear, history has proven their evil intentions over and over again. But by watching and sharing this episode, you can help prevent Canada from repeating the same mistake yet again. Now, if you have yet to see part one of our interview with Dennis Dill, you can click the link in the description below to view or listen to our archives. Dennis Dill has over 55 years of experience owning and firing guns, starting with his first air gun at age 8. By age 15, he purchased over-the-counter a Remington Nylon 66 rifle with a 14-round capacity at Canadian Tire. Dennis is a member of the International Defensive Pistol Association. He's attended gun matches in Ontario and throughout the USA. Dennis has even participated in numerous machine gun and pistol competitions at the Knob Creek Gun Range in Kentucky. And Dennis also lives in Perth County and is a supporter of the People's Party of Canada. In today's episode of the Purple Microphone, I join Wayne Baker, the PPC candidate for Perth Wellington, for an in-depth conversation with Dennis Still about why guns don't kill people, fathers with pretty daughters do. How guns are critical for protecting our food supply from small vermin and much larger and more dangerous ruminants. How history shows that only governments with tyrannical or homicidal intent have ever banned their citizens from owning guns. 
Dennis reacts to a MacGyver fan explaining why guns are evil and unnecessary, as long as you have some duct tape. Pepper spray laws that will baffle your mind. Why an increase in any form of violence is a reflection of a breakdown of the family, poverty, drug addiction, and other societal ills that have nothing to do with gun ownership. Without further ado, part two of our interview with Dennis Still. I guess maybe just to be the devil's advocate here, with the guns though, the gun only has one purpose to be used as a weapon. Is there another use for a gun that you can think of other oh, than decoration? Certainly is. Guns Tart. are wonderful for recreation. Okay. They're, they're okay. It, uh, all over the world. Uh, people use them uh, for fun and enjoyment, target shooting, uh, hunting, hunting both for sustenance and for sport. Uh, if we didn't have uh, sport hunters um, to, to reduce uh, our game populations, the, the game would um, be, uh, their, their populations would explode and their, their health would decline and, and they would become uh, menaces to, uh, to farms and, and uh, encroaching into cities. They're, they're, they're also, as their population explodes, they become a magnet for, for disease. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so um, that disease can translate into the human population too if we're not careful. Certain diseases are, do do that. Um, a good example of where guns are, are uh, an absolute necessary tool is feral pigs are, are, are well, they call them wild boar. Feral pigs is a better, better way to describe mm -hmm. them. Um, now, we're not too bad here in Ontario, but I understand uh, Manitoba is starting to be, certain parts of both Manitoba are starting to be overrun. There's certain parts of, I guess, northwestern Ontario has, has a problem with feral pigs. Um, it's a huge issue down in the southern states, Texas, mm -hmm. um, uh, Louisiana, that's mm -hmm. what I mean, Louisiana, Mississippi, in that, those areas, I think it's, it's a huge problem. And to the point where they're losing billions of dollars in crops. In crops, yes. Well, that sort of falls in as a self-defense category, doesn't it? Well, you know, to a degree, because yeah. uh, wild pigs are, are pretty nasty creatures. If you had small children and they're around, uh, they're in great danger. Well, I mean, in defense of your property, too, of course. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Something else. Um, I like to go walking. I like to walk out in the bush. Mm -hmm. But I'm paranoid to do that. Like, I, 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 when I was a kid, I had a 22, and I'd just go and, you know, I'd, I'd carry the 22 with me. And I, I'd go snowshoeing in the wintertime and walking in the summertime. And, and you know, if, if I run into a pack of coyotes, they weren't going to survive. Now, if I go walking with, and, and mm -hmm. you know, I, if, it's illegal for me to carry a gun. So, therefore, if I go walking um, and I run into a pack of coyotes, I'm in trouble. And, and there's a lot of coyotes. On that note, Wayne, tell me, why would it be illegal for you to carry a gun while walking in the bush? Uh, primarily because it's not my bush. So I guess I'd have to get uh, um, uh, the owner's uh, permission. I don't think that would be a problem, but I've never, like, um, the concern I have is if I happen to shoot something, I could be classified as a hunter, and then I would need licensing to, to hunt. And I've not, I have no intentions of getting hunting licenses. Um, it's just 
supporting a bureaucracy that I don't agree with. So. Mm -hmm. Actually, that was the question I had. I was wondering, do you think there is any legitimacy in hunting licenses, as you said, to make sure that animals aren't overhunted versus the other problem that you're saying it rectified? I believe to a degree, um, game management by government can be a legitimate thing, but, uh, but like, like most things government, mm -hmm. I think it's been grossly overdone and, uh, and they've taken far too much arbitrary power for themselves that uh, that isn't legitimately helping anything. Yeah. yeah. I uh, heard a story, this is back in the early 90s, um, a couple of guys go, just go back in the back 50 of the, the, the farm to shoot a few groundhogs, and uh, they come back out, walk down the road, the game, game warden drops by. Any luck, guys? Oh yeah, we nailed a couple of groundhogs, and they were charged. Yeah. The church, you know, that kind of, that kind of behavior really turns turns me off. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize groundhogs are on the verge of extinction. <laughs> well, they're not. They're yeah. yeah. According to Ontario hunting laws, this is not gun law per se. This is hunting law, which is uh, which is something different. Mm -hmm. But uh, to, to hunt vermin, you're not actually supposed to shoot vermin whatsoever unless you have a small game permit, huh? which, uh, uh, which is stupid. That is stupid. There's, uh, they're vermin. It's open season on vermin, such as um, uh, groundhogs, Rabbits, skunk, raccoons. Skunks, raccoons yeah. yeah, but but no, uh, they want you to have a government issued permit for that, and then you can shoot all you want. Oh, there's no so it's not in in trying to provide some type of restriction. It's just, right, it's just a money, it's just just the money, money grab and 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 uh, wow. exercising uh, control, just showing the public that they can do that. Okay, that's. Because you could see there could be some lodging areas you could only shoot X number of groundhogs yeah. or whatever. A, and we're tracking it all to make sure that they're not extinct, which I doubt would be a possibility with the way that animals like that reproduce. So there's there's legitimate rationale for, for having firearms. Yeah. Beyond the doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah, there are... I think the bizarre thing is, is that so many people think that there is no need for them. Well, only unthinking people believe that. Yeah, or that haven't taken the time to think about it. Well, that would be unthinking. All well, they might be thinking about something else. I'm going to give them credit here. Well, I'm yeah, I know that, like, uh, yeah. Maybe like a calculus some, some professor or something, you know. Oh, I don't think those guys, I think it would be more like uh, the folks that are thinking about uh, entertainment tonight or something on TV yeah. or something. Yeah, okay. And on a bigger scale, um, and this is this is really a scary scale as far as I'm concerned. Um, any population that has been annihilated by its government has been systematically disarmed prior to the annihilation, and the, we, we we can see that with the I think the Armenians around the turn of the last century. We can see that um, with the uh, Soviets and the uh, the Red, White Army, 
and I think the Soviets versus Bolsheviks, when the Bolsheviks, they were the Reds, um, they, they systematically disarmed um, the resistance, and then they systematically annihilated the, the mm -hmm. resistance. And then we see, I saw it later on with, with Germany. Um, although Germany was, was at war and, and, and was a massive arms producer, um, the population was very restricted with firearms and, and gun ownership. Um, the Jewish population, once they understood what was happening, if they had guns, they could have resisted. Governments that are um, totalitarian in nature will insist on disarming its population. Uh, it's not just usually, but always. <laughs> Every corrupt totalitarian government always, always uh, does the, its utmost to disarm the people. There is no other reason for gun control mm -hmm. other than that government has plans to do bad things to the people that they're not going to like and they don't want those people, the citizens, to have the ability to resist, effective ability to resist. And that goes back even before firearms were even mm -hmm. invented, even to medieval England, for example, the peasants weren't permitted to own long bows or crossbows, the best, the best self-defense uh, uh, at at personal self-defense pieces that were available at that time. Only the, the, uh, the corrupt king at the time and all his people could have them, not mm -hmm. the commoners. That's why they, they, the old stories didn't have any use pitchforks and farm equipment for weapons. Yes, yeah. yes. Far less effective, but it's all they had. It's, it's a form of slavery, isn't it? Mm -hmm. If you think about it, 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 it slavery is, is, is a means of oppressing an oppressed population. And rather than using whips and, uh, and chains. Oh, yeah, it's um, much more mm -hmm. efficient. Control them, their minds and their actions, mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't realize how powerful bows and arrows were. Like, it, I, from my understanding of studying um, the subject of actually with the novels I've written, that the original guns that came out were less efficient than the original bows and arrows. The only thing that was the advantage with the guns was they were easier to use and required less skill because using a bow and arrow was obviously involved strength and lots of. Um, practice skill, but a good archer was still superior to someone with a gun. Eventually, of course, guns became a better form of technology, but it just shows how dangerous a bow and arrow was. It was not much different than a gun as far as the culture and time goes. It still is a deadly weapon. It still is used as a deadly weapon. It's a, it's a mm -hmm. primary means of hunting, actually. And it's not we don't have to register those, so if worse comes to worse. <laughs> so. the, the, the difference between a bow and a gun is a gun, it's as easy as going, doing, 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 yeah. doing. A bow, you've got to actually draw it back, line it up. It takes time to arm. It, it takes, you know, you, you can put one arrow, arrow out in the time someone can put ten rounds your way. Yeah. So, it's the same with slingshots, like the story of David and Goliath, um, Malcolm Gladwell also wrote an incredible book just on that story and showing that if you have a, a dense enough stone and with that slingshot, you know, not the, you know, the little yeah. ones, but the ones you whip over your head, 
It is the same as a 22, um, I think with a 22 rifle, the impact sure. it will have on someone. And that's how he, that's why David was able to knock down Goliath. It wasn't this little, he just had a, a, a weapon that was quite effective. Uh, think, think about it. David was on his own, looking after his dad's sheep, out in the, out in the field where there's all kinds of rocks. What's, he's a boy. What's mm -hmm. he going to do? He's going to pick the rock up and throw it. Oh, that doesn't go very well. And then he's going to devise himself a slingshot. And then he's going to find out that it's really effective. Then he's just going to start taking target practice. And the more the more more you use it, the better you got. Then you know, a lion comes along, bang, it's yep. done. A bear comes along, bang, it's done. And he's he's been there practicing. I mean, you're watching sheep. It's boring. <laughs> you're gonna find something and you to do, and, and so that's what he did. And you know, when when Goliath came along, it was. Uh, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever heard of history? I don't read books, I just burn them. Thank you for your censorship. But I accidentally learned about history once, and when I did, I learned that only tyrannical regimes disarm their populations. And when they do, those governments inflict terrible control, violence, and killing onto their now disarmed populations. For example, well, for example, in 1911, Turkey established gun control. And then from 1915 to 1917, 1.5 million Armenians now unable to defend themselves, were rounded up and exterminated. And in 1929, the Soviet Union established gun control. Then from 1929 to 1953, 20 million people unable to defend themselves were rounded up and exterminated. What do you mean exterminated? Murdered. Oh, well, those are just two examples. And China established gun control in 1935. Then from 1948 to 1952, 20 million political dissidents unable to defend themselves, were rounded up and killed. Oh, and the people in China still exist under a brutal regime today. Oh, wait a minute. Germany also established gun control in 1938. And then from 1939 to 1945, 13 million Jews and others who were unable to defend themselves were rounded up and exterminated. Huh. I wonder if Hitler purposely disarmed the population so he could tyrannically take over and kill all people opposed to him. It's probably just a coincidence. But also Cambodia established gun control in 1956. Then from 1975 to 1977, one million educated people were rounded up and killed because they were unable to defend themselves. Is my shirt on straight? Yep, good. And Guatemala established gun control in 1964. Then from 1964 to 1981, 100,000 Mayan Indians unable to defend themselves were rounded up and exterminated. Oh, and it's probably not significant, but Uganda established gun control in 1970. Then from 1971 to 1979, 300,000 Christians unable to defend themselves were rounded up and exterminated. 56 million people rounded up and exterminated in the 20th century because of gun control? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but that could never happen here. Yeah, that's what all those people throughout history said. But it couldn't ever really happen here. They said that too. But seriously, that couldn't ever really happen here. Oh, well, when you put it like that, I'm convinced. Yeah, and besides, the authoritarians that want to ban guns in our country are saying it's for our protection. I can only assume that in all those authoritarian regimes that you mentioned that did all the killing, that they had a different honest message for their populations about why they were being disarmed. You think? Yeah, it was probably something like, 
Hey, we're gonna take all your guns so that we can control every aspect of your life and easily kill those of you who don't comply. No, it says here all those regimes also had a we're banning guns for your protection type of messaging too. <laughs> don't be a conspiracy theorist. Another good point. Then that means this history book must be inaccurate because it reveals a pattern that's currently unfolding in this country that's uncomfortable to think about. Exactly, that's totally false. We should 100% turn in all our guns, like ban them all. Yeah, I feel the coercion to agree with you. But do you think an even better idea could be that if the authoritarians with guns turn in their guns first, and then we the people turn in our guns? No, it just feels easier to trust the people that we know lie to us on a consistent basis. Hmm, just imagine how much better off we'll be without the only constitutional right that allows us to protect ourselves. Yeah, and if history has taught us anything, which it hasn't, it's that banning guns will work out much differently this time. Yep. Can't wait. <laughs> I actually thought too it was an interesting point. Like if we think about the the um, countries and regions that had the strictest COVID restrictions, which which countries come to mind? Your regions? Australia, New Zealand, Canada. Yeah. And the, actually, the uh, um, mo the uh, Commonwealth countries were, sure. were, were, were the worst. And also those countries had the strongest gun bans. That's right. And then I think too, in Cal if we think of California, I think that's the state in the United States with some of the strictest gun restrictions. I've heard California is actually a, a separate nation. Ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, how it, that's how it probably does. I lived in California for three years and I agree with that sentiment. I did not feel like I was in the USA. But, um, you know, obviously the, the COVID restrictions were the harshest, I believe, in California and Oregon also, um, where the gun restrictions. Do you think that's a coincidence or? It is absolutely not a coincidence. Yeah, uh, socialist leftist thinking uh, and, and uh, corruption uh, and, and bad plans for for the, the, the common citizenry, that all goes hand in hand. So, I mean, would you think that Trudeau, like, is proposing more and more gun bans so that he could erect some type of tyranny in this country? Do you... Beyond the slightest doubt. Uh, now, he's not smart enough to do so, but his handlers uh, apparently yeah. might be. And you think of a man who has more guns around him. I mean, Trudeau, uh, I, it's a minimum, I think, of, I'm not going to guess, but I've seen at least four or five bodyguards, all have handguns, mm -hmm. and then he has, any event, he'll have multiple snipers looking out, you know, to anyone that's going to attack him, as, you know, we learn with that one sniper who refused to get the shot, and um, the hypocrisy of that in itself. Very much so. Very, very much so. And rightly so. I think the Prime Minister should have that type of protection, and probably Wayne Baker could use it someday soon, too. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe you could if you well, just bodyguard. Well, I I've never you know, John, I've never I've never had a desire to have a government job. I've always I I've always gravitated <laughs> to honest work. <laughs> we're, we're all in the same boat here, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if someone wanted to take my job, they can have it tomorrow. <laughs>
But but if, if people would be wise enough to vote for Wayne, uh, that would be that would be almost a first in having a, a, a truly honest politician. I pray I can live up to your expectations, Dennis. I really do. Well, you can certainly see the the uh, current standard, the standard by a lot that so. we have right now. I'm curious. I'm going to ask you straight off, see if you come out with the answer I'm expecting or not. What would you say, like, culturally, in American television, mm -hmm. has been the biggest proponent to anti-gun laws? And that, that kind of mentality in the U.S. towards, well, it's not a strong mentality, but not just in the U.S., but in the English-speaking Western world, a particular television program that has been influencing the culture, too feel like gun ownership is very evil. I should probably know this, but uh, I, I can't really think of one particular thing. Um, well, your, your wife had mentioned to me that she said you weren't a big fan of the show. So I thought... Well, that's actually a lot of shows. <laughs> well, I know. Anyway, I'll, I'll skip to it. Uh, MacGyver. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I, thinking back, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was a rather anti-gun show. I got a five-minute clip I'd like to show you. It's actually by a hardcore MacGyver fan who became anti-gun thanks to the show, and he's explaining mm. why he feels that MacGyver was such a positive influence on his life and, uh, and for America. And I'm just... We could do five minutes, and I'm curious to see how you rebuttal to that. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. I hate guns, and the reason I hate guns is because MacGyver hates guns. All right, so it's a little more complicated than that, but even so, watching a show like MacGyver, where the hero is emphatically and unapologetically anti-gun, was a not insignificant influence on my opinion of guns, specifically the bit where I hate them and think we should get rid of them. It was also a not insignificant influence on my decision to carry one of these. Okay, it was the only influence on my decision to carry one of these. Also, I didn't get this until I was in my 20s. MacGyver had been out of production for almost 10 years, but there were reruns. He was a role model. When I was a kid, MacGyver was appointment television. The series originally ran on ABC from 1985 to 1992, and I rarely missed an episode. Now, my fellow MacGyver nerds out there will know that Max's antipathy to guns was not an original part of his character. While he was never shown packing heat, there is this shot in the series pilot of him firing someone else's machine gun at some bad guys. However, it wasn't long before the producers of the show decided that MacGyver would be a hero who didn't use guns. Not just because he doesn't need them, although, you know, he doesn't, but because he doesn't like them. He makes a conscious choice not to use them. By midway through the first season, in fact, in the classic episode Flames End, where we also meet Amy, the first in an eventually endless series of ex-girlfriends and lost loves, Mac's anti-gun attitude is firmly in place. He saves the day, averting a nuclear meltdown by repurposing a revolver as a wrench, and declares afterwards that it was, quote, the first time I've ever been happy to have my hands on a gun. 
Now, it would have been fine if MacGyver's feelings about guns had remained unexplored. I would have just assumed that he was anti-gun because he's a sensible fucking person. MacGyver's an American. He lives in the country with the highest level of gun violence by far among developed nations. Does it really demand further explanation? But MacGyver is a character on a TV show. And characters on TV shows, especially characters on cheesy 1980s action-adventure TV shows, don't get to have a prominent personality-defining trait unless there's a story behind it. So, in the show's fourth season, in an episode titled Blood Brothers, the producers finally got around to telling us the sad tale of MacGyver's anti-gun origin story. MacGyver has returned to Mission City, the small Minnesota town where he grew up. He's here to reconnect with some old friends so they can dig up a time capsule they all buried together as kids. Throughout the episode, MacGyver is also haunted by ominous flashbacks of the time when he and his friends pulled their money to buy bullets so they could go shooting. One of those old friends is Chuck, who owns a gun store. MacGyver arrives just in time to catch him making a sale. A customer, accompanied by his young son, is about to purchase a handgun when Chuck informs him of the mandatory waiting period. The customer is like, but I want a gun right now! And Chuck says, I can sell you a rifle. No reason why you can't walk out of here with one of those today. And the customer is like, yes, give me one. I don't care what kind it is. I just need to buy a gun now, right now. I'll take it. Sold. Put it on my tab. I think he's the most realistic character I've ever seen on television. Anyway, the customer and his son and fellow future post-divorce murder-suicide participant leave with the eventual evidence, and MacGyver says hi to Chuck. MacGyver's like, nice to see that you went and did something good and meaningful with your life. And Chuck's like, thanks, man. And MacGyver says, I was being sarcastic. You're a merchant of death and you disgust me. Anyway. Okay, I'll sum it up from there. As if you hadn't seen the episode or don't remember it. I actually do remember it. I saw that when I was like eight or something. But the story, of course, is that the, when they were young, the four of them got together and they, were, they got, bought bullets, took the dad's gun, probably with no proper safety training, and <laughs> went out into the woods, and the boy was going to shoot a bird, and MacGyver, just as he's going to shoot the gun, he, takes the, he moves his hand up into the air, and the gun goes flying through the air, lands on the ground, discharges, and shoots one of the boys dead. Oh, while he shoots the boy, and then MacGyver goes, and the other boys run, and MacGyver disassembles a bike and turns it into a stretcher, because, you know, that's MacGyver, and drags him to the road on his other bike, and, but by that time, the boy's dead. Has a lot to do with guns just suddenly firing by themselves and hurting mm -hmm. people, which, of course, is a risk. But anyway, so, do you agree with anything that man said? Not whatsoever. Um, the... The character MacGyver in that show, it was entertaining, somewhat entertaining in that uh, it was cute the way he could, you know, save, uh, save a complex situation with a bit of duct tape, but, uh, and things, things of that nature, mm -hmm. but um, it's, it's leftist programming, it's, it's truly leftist brainwashing. And uh, I remember a long time ago when that series was on, I did watch uh, some of it. And uh, I took, it, took the entertainment for what it was, but even back then, I, I recognized the leftist programming and uh, 
didn't like it. Well, I have a bit of a different slant on this. Okay. I make things for a living. Sure. That's what I do. I, I make things. So I, I, I know how to manipulate material. I know how to create things out of blobs. or, And that's basically what he does. Is he takes, he gets into a stressful situation and creates something out of the, the, the um, whatever's in the environment at the time. Mm -hmm. um, theoretically, it sounds good, but they're under, uh, they're, they're under attack, usually under attack, under like a gunfire or, or, or bad guys coming and they have very limited time to, to accomplish what they need to accomplish and it's physically impossible to create the inventions or the, 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 the solutions that he comes up with um, to get out of the problem. He would be shot dead. It would just be that simple. Yeah. So it's just not physically possible for it. So, so that, that's my slant on, on, on the MacGyver. And it sort of, you know, it became part of our language at one point, you know, jerry-rig something and MacGyver it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, um, I just, I just, you know, I look at it and say, yeah, right. It's just not possible. You can't, you can't build that in that, you know, in that period of time and expect it to be, you know, have some, any, anywhere, anywhere near reasonable results. Alone, you know. Very true. Yeah. And at least maybe one in a hundred, but not every week. <laughs> well, maybe once, you know, it could happen. You know, situation, you know, we've all done, you know, had we those moments. But I'd like to comment that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a mental illness to be uh, afraid of a common object, a gun. What's, how, how is a gun... Does it have like a personality? Can it think? Can it can it plan? Can it be evil? Mm -hmm. No, it's just it's an inanimate object. Uh, my brother-in-law, you know, uh, a, a guy years back, and this happened about two blocks from where he lives, and uh, there was a. A man that was released from prison, and in prison he apparently had uh, some kind of bad interaction with some homosexuals. So he developed a real hate on for homosexuals. As soon as he got out, he uh, he went to a, a gay bar, uh, and right here in Stratford, and he uh, went home with with one one of these guys. And he uh, went to, into the man's home with him, and he put a hammer right through his head, killed him. That's with a hammer. Mm -hmm. uh, people with evil intentions can do, uh, they can do evil with any kind of tool if that's their desire. Mm -hmm. So uh, anyway, I just think it's, it's uh, so strange to be actually afraid of a gun. Uh, it may be a little mysterious to some people that, that aren't extremely familiar with them, but there's certainly nothing to be afraid of. Well, how would you respond to that man's point that the United States has the highest gun violence in the world and the, and the most um, unrestricted gun laws? Most gun violence in the world, uh, that, that isn't, isn't true. Okay. Um, where would be the most gun violence in the world? Well, you, you've got me there. 
a, a, a hot spot, a war zone. Yes, for, very any, much. Any one of the, like Ukraine right now and, and Israel would be two, two areas that would out, yeah. outstrip. Um, he's making an assertion, but he's not backing anything he says up. So I would, I would seriously oh, no, question that assertion. Um, and what is the nature of the gun violence too? Like, you know, is, is it, is it uh, legitimate gun owners? Or is it like that cop was talking about the, the criminals, the criminal element? You know, uh, Switzerland, uh, Switzerland, um, it's still this way that uh, jewelry stores in their display cases that, you know, the outer, mm -hmm. outer window that faces the street, they don't, they don't take the jewels out at night. They leave them, you know, whereas mm -hmm. around here it's perfectly normal to uh, sure. put everything in a safe. They don't. They still don't today. And why is that? Well, a bit of it is, is societal, I suppose, that uh, the Swiss are maybe, uh, maybe a little more respectful people than some, but a lot of it has to do with uh, the Swiss are very heavily armed people. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if someone were to try and pull off a robbery of some sort, there are all kinds of honest people around that uh, wouldn't think very highly of that and would put a stop to it. It's my understanding in the Switzerland that um, any man has the opportunity to have military training and after he's been given military training, the government sends him home with <coughs> a gun and they actually send him bullets on a regular basis for target practice. That is correct. Uh, a neighbor of ours, um, Swiss, well, used to be a neighbor, Swiss girl. Uh, years ago, she told me that just that morning, she had been home to Switzerland, came back, and just that morning, she uh, got on her bicycle and took her uh, submachine gun. A submachine gun is just a pistol caliber mm -hmm. short rifle. And she had just uh, ridden to a nice... Uh, rural area, open area, to uh, do a little bit of shooting with her uh, her SMG, submachine gun. And nobody, that was perfectly normal behavior there. People do that for fun. Doesn't harm anyone. And here you get arrested for carrying pepper spray in your purse. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, on that matter of pepper spray, uh, the, the laws are so convoluted here. It, before pepper spray was a, a thing that was really available, uh, police used to carry tear gas, uh, aerosol tear gas canisters. They were illegal for anyone else to have, uh, regular people to have. And uh, then when pepper spray came along, pepper spray generally is actually more effective yet than the tear gas canisters. And so that became a thing that you could carry if it was for wildlife defense from wildlife. Oh, like hornets and stuff? Or? Um, or bears, 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 oh, bears, bear spray course, yeah. is, is okay. typically yeah. what, what gets named, but uh, a bear or maybe a vicious dog, something like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
Anyway, to this day, if you care, you can carry pepper spray for uh, for wild animal defense. That's one of the few things a Canadian can do. However, you cannot carry it for defense against nasty, criminal-minded humans. And if you were to be questioned by police, why have you got this bear spray? And you said it's for defense, if a woman says it's uh, for defense against uh, being mugged, she will be arrested. Yeah. Wow. But if she says it's in case I run into a bear downtown I was, just, I was just out camping. Mm -hmm. I was just out camping. Yes, that's right. If she, if she holds her ground and says it's for, for uh, uh, defense against wild animals, then uh, it's acceptable. And these are the kinds of uh, laws that our police enforce. That to me sounds strictly of a Marxist mentality because it's speaking about that the collective is more important than you because it's not about her protecting her life, it's about her not affecting not greater. Not being a threat to a, a police officer doing his job or being a threat to the, the collective, yes. Yeah, to the collective, because otherwise it, it, the double standard, it's obviously not about her safety, otherwise it wouldn't qualify for the bear, but not for, that is very interesting. Same thing goes for a knife, by the way. So yeah. uh, if, you, uh, if you carry a knife, whether it's a fixed blade, folding blade, short one, long one, uh, if you're questioned by police, if you say this is, this is a tool for cutting tape, peeling oranges, and other utilitarian purposes, it's okay. They won't like it, but they'll have to accept that. But if you say this is for possible defense against being attacked by nasty, criminal-minded humans, you get arrested. Wow. That just shows, you know, the whole concept of just minimalizing laws. These are laws that are just getting ridiculous. You know where it ties back to? Part of communism encourages criminal uh, behavior. Mm -hmm. it's, it's part of the communist philosophy. And, and, and the idea behind that is to create, is to destabilize the, uh, the uh, local communities or the, sure. the, the population, destabilize the population. And a destabilized population is very easily controlled and very vulnerable to, uh, to outside influence, primarily negative outside influence. Um, when, the po when the population is stable and, predict and it can predict its neighbors' uh, response as the neighbors can predict their response, um, that, that becomes a very hard um, environment for a, 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 a totalitarian type government mm -hmm. to try and penetrate. And that's yeah, that's where, where where it's going to, and so that's why we're seeing criminal behavior being encouraged, and that's why we're we're being discouraged from uh, um, looking after ourselves. That's ex exactly frightened people, full of anxiety, <laughs> are very very easy to control. Yeah. Uh, confident, happy people that have stable families are very, very hard to control. And those type of people don't want uh, a lot of government in their lives. 
which to uh, a corrupt government uh, like Mr. Trudeau's, uh, that's exactly what they don't want. And that's why so many policies, all their policies, are aimed at breaking down families and, uh, and, and making people fearful. Well, I think in some ways, I think that touts to the issue of rising, not just gun violence, but violence in the United States. I don't think that's being caused by guns. I would say it's largely being caused by the deterioration of common values, families. Yes, exactly. Democrats. Yeah. Because if you think New York, I, I'm reading um, Ayn Rand's novel, which is set in like 1930 New York City, and people are walking out in the middle of the night. You know, they're not scared that they're going to get mugged or hurt in 1930. You fast forward 30, 40 years later, once the 60s came in, mm -hmm. New York became a very dangerous place, which was very full of leftist ideals, uh, the breakdown of the family and so forth. So I would say, you know, in a lot of these gun violence things, it's a lot of it problems. The kid didn't have a parent. The kid, does, the kid grows up without consequences. Mm -hmm. And role models. A, 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 and, lot, and a lot of times, that's huge like too. We, we 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 have a society. Uh, every, well, I mean, I've suffered it, and and you know, you you've been fortunate, John, that you 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 uh, you didn't suffer through a divorce. It's unfortunate no. that you did suffer through a, a, a loss of a spouse. It's a terrible thing. Um, that's but, actually less bad in a way because oh, it wasn't it wasn't chosen. There's two problems with divorce. It's chosen number one, but number two, the the, the spouse, like like usually there's a there's a perpetrator and a and a, a spouse that wants to try and keep things together. Um, the one that wants to try and keep things together, they're on a they're on a roller coaster. They're on a roller coaster until they decide that they've had enough and it's time to cut the losses and move on, because their their life is on hold. With a, with a death, your life, it, it's, it's awful, it's hard to get through, but your life moves forward. It's not, it, there's an end point. Mm -hmm. um, there isn't that roller coaster, and the emotional roller coaster is horrible. It's just, it's absolutely horrible. But <clears throat> Jordan Peterson described divorce being about as bad as going to chemotherapy, mm -hmm. having dealt with clients as he has yeah. gone through it. It's, it's, But I just think that's you know where we should be directing our attention. It's not that there's too many guns yes. in the country, that the country has a lot of other problems that are relating. And and I think also just poverty. I mean, the government's taking so much money from these people. They're inflating the currency, et cetera, et cetera. It's not a big surprise that some people who are not you know too entrepreneurial or whatever turn to crime to survive. Like I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but. You know, that's probably a more likely explanation than gun access. There, there's, there's other issues too, and, and I mean, for, for years, the doctors prescribed opioids, mm -hmm. telling the patients that there was no, no, no potential for, for, uh, um, for addiction. Oh yeah, so... The doctors were lied to by the pharmaceuticals, the ph and, 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 and as a result, the doctors were lying to the patients, the end user, by, you know, they, 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 they end up with an injury or something, they get on these, these opioids that, uh, you know, relieve the pain, and next thing you know, they're, they're addicted. And then the, the prescription runs out, 
and they're 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 desperate for that fix. Yeah. And and all, you know, like like we've seen seen that happen in our society, which is a terrible thing. Um, we're seeing the breakdown in family. We're seeing, um, I mean, this back in the nineties, well, eighties and nineties, divorce was just the thing. It's a thing to do. I mean, I, I if you I, get married at all. I, I well, <laughs> like, like it, it, it's getting getting to the point where guys, like guys, just don't want to get married, and and that's why. And and, and now you were hearing that Jordan Peterson's, and actually uh, um, Jacob uh, Rome at uh, Trinity Bible saying the same thing. Guys, grow up, man up, find yourself a woman, and 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 start to be you know start start to raise a family. Um, but that's 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 the mentality is is you know mm -hmm. if 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 it's not I mean the legal system is so heavily geared against men it's it's it's, it's pathetic it's 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 just downright disgusting. Oh, I hate men so much. Oh, just wait. <laughs> oh, I got off on a liberal mindset. I, I just hate mandates. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should hope you hate dating men. That <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, too. Isn't that interesting? I would have played that played that a few a few different ways. Eh? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I'd like to uh, end with a very interesting quip that I okay. saw. Um, it was uh, um, a friend of mine had it on his tree. It's you know one of those metal um, plates that has mm -hmm. a saying: uh, "Men or no guns don't kill people. Fathers with pretty daughters." Do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, I had a. I had a friend. He always told his daughter, every boy, well, every guy who came to like take his daughter on a date, he just had this one simple message. He said to him, he said, "I am not afraid to go to jail." <laughs> <laughs> and his daughter remained a virgin until her she was married. <laughs>
Peaceful and responsible firearms owners deserve a legal framework that protects their property rights and treat them with fairness and respect. We need a common sense approach to licensing gun owners that promote safety while removing the threat of arbitrary criminal prosecution. That is why the People's Party will repeal Trudeau's arbitrary legislation and cabinet decision to ban more than 1,500 types of firearms. The People's Party will replace the costly and burdensome licensing system with an efficient lifetime certification system for firearms owners already undergoing mandatory vetting, safety training, and testing. The People's Party will not criminalize peaceful and responsible gun owners. The People's Party will guarantee the property rights of more than 2.1 million law-abiding Canadians. It starts with you. Join us to protect our freedoms. Become a member of the People's Party of Canada. The only problem I have with that, there's no way the hunters would be sitting around the fire. Same house. Like quarry. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I assume it's a step in the right direction. You're saying get rid of the licensing, just one certificate that lasts your whole lifetime. You well, that is very training. much a step in the right direction because you know, with you know, as it is right now, gun ownership in Canada is illegal. It is illegal because the very definition of a license is the uh, temporary permission to do something which is otherwise illegal, <clears throat> such as driving on a public road, the license, without the license, it's illegal. With the license, as long as you keep paying government every five years for a new fee to get another uh, driver's license, uh, and you follow the, the government rules, you can drive on a public road. Anyway, same with gun ownership. Without that license, it's illegal. Uh, the, the two million uh, or so known gun owners that are licensed, um, the actual numbers are far, far higher. It's, it's uh, tough to, to get an exact number, but, but it is well known that it's hugely higher than two million, probably, probably eight to ten million of uh, people own guns, but they do so on the, uh, on the underground. I offer Dennis a trade, this roll of duct tape for one of his shotguns. After all, a little duct tape was all MacGyver needed each week to save the world from bad guys with guns. Dennis told me he'll think about it and get back to me. Alright, next week we have a new guest for you. His name is Daniel Hudson, and he is a 17-year-old student studying at a Stratford High School. And I use the word studying loosely, as he has quite the story to tell about the dismal experience with the woke education system. Here's just a little of what he'll share with you. How students are being sent to the principal's office because they disagree that men cannot breastfeed and other gender-bending ideas. 
Why Daniel has chosen to seek only passing grades while he focuses time and energy working as an apprentice mechanic. The shocking reason Daniel will not use the restrooms in his school anymore. How his teachers waste time indoctrinating students with LGQTSQ1 plus ideology instead of focusing on less complicated algebra formulas. How his English class focuses exclusively on indigenous authors while making the students feel guilty of oppressing natives they have never met, known, or interacted with. While Daniel has witnessed some minor acts of racism directed towards students of non-European ethnicity, he reports that the vast majority of discrimination is systemically targeted at white heterosexual students. And we have many laughs as he shares stories of teachers trying to keep straight confusing gender pronouns in the classroom. All that is coming in next week's episode of The Purple Microphone. Be sure to become an email subscriber at perfwellingtonppc.ca so you don't miss out. The People's Party of Canada opposes radical race theory and gender ideology being taught in the education system. Just as the PPC opposes the government banning and confiscating guns. These are outlined clearly in our party's platform. If you have any questions or would like to help us, I invite you to visit our website at perfwellingtonppc.ca and click on the contact button. One of our representatives would be happy to meet with you on the phone or in person to discuss your concerns. We could also use your help in covering the costs of producing and promoting this podcast. Funds will go towards printing flyers and postcards, which we will distribute throughout the riding. Help save Perf Wellington and the rest of our nation from government overreach, woke ideology, and other irrational policies that are incompatible with freedom, fairness, respect, and justice. Our goal for the first month of 2024 is to raise $2,024. Click on the donate link on our website or in the description below to make a contribution. Thank you, and we'll see you next week with Episode 3 of The Purple Microphone. Freedom is when there's either tyranny or anarchy When the government works to keep people free The PPC won't lock us down in a big nanny state They'll leave us in peace to make this country great This production was approved by the Perth Wellington Electoral District Association of the People's Party of Canada.